Hello and welcome to this AFL Life. We are back in person at AH Cap. Woo! Woo! High-fiving. This is AFL Life. Did I say that already? <laughs> I'm your host, Alison Smirnoff, and I'm joined once again by my co-hosts, Rachel Hibbert. Hello. And Susan Cadman. Good evening. How are we, team? Bit of a late one tonight. Oh, it's going to be a ripper, I can tell you. It's now 9.32pm and we've just got started. And and why was that? We had a meeting. <laughs> Al had a sleep in the car. Al was actually on dinner duty and uh, just forgot to pick it up, so we sent her back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I was going to uh, talk about you being in the leadership group at the oh. Falcons, but <laughs> maybe you could jam it. <laughs> jam it, Hibber. No, um, on a serious note, number 19, Rachel Hibbert, sponsored by This A for Life. Oh. You've been named in the leadership group at the Falcons. How like bloody exciting is that? I was really stoked. I think when I got the phone call from Mitch... I was very baffled. I was also on my way to the theatre to see Come From Away, so I couldn't speak for very long. But I was genuinely excited. Um, I think having played under leadership groups that have been made up of some really, really big names, to be kind of put on that pedestal um, makes me feel really warm and fuzzy um, and Makes me feel like I've done something right. So it was really, really humbling, to be honest. A very popular member of the team is Ahiba. <laughs> so congratulations. Thanks, guys. I'm looking forward to watching you lead this season. Thanks. Thanks for the sponsorship. <laughs> oh, no worries. Thanks for the shout out. Uh, I'll put it all over my social media. <laughs> Sorry that I couldn't be in the photo. <laughs> We did miss Al. Maybe we'll we'll pop a photo up of um the jumper presentation that we had on the weekend. But Alison wasn't allowed in because she's not on the board. The one year that she's not actually on the board. Or doing something. Or doing something. Yep. She's finally given herself a little bit of a break. Um and she wasn't invited because it was COVID safe and, you know, people per square meter. Um, or not allowed in at all. So, <laughs> I mean, I was at the venue actually <laughs> watching football. Downstairs. <laughs> oh, sorry, Al. No, you were there look, in spirit. I was there in spirit, yeah. Um, but this is probably a bit Victorian-centric, but the VFLW season finally starts this weekend. Woohoo! Are you excited? So excited. The season is full of unknowns. We, you know, fixture hasn't been given to us and, I mean, probably didn't expect anything less considering the AFLW being a week-by-week week thing. Um, but full of unknowns in terms of teams. Um, the team lists have been released somewhere and there are heaps of unknown names, which is really new, I guess, because it's, um, it's becoming its own league. So new, exciting terrifying and when are the falcons playing the falcons are playing on sunday at 11 30 against williamstown at latrobe university in bundura so if you're around spectators are allowed so spectators are allowed get down there and how are you feeling caddy your 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 first hit out as a vflw line coach yes very excited just want to get going with the season it's been quite an unusual lead up with shorter pre-season, 
no fixture. Um, yeah, it's been interesting, but really keen to just get started, get out on the field and just play footy. So, yeah, bring it on. Bring on VFLW. I think there's a lot of girls who have not played footy for a long time <laughs> who really deserve to just play footy. So just really pleased for all the players out there who get to get on the field this week. Uh, I was just going to say it's such a great opportunity for lots and lots of um, women who haven't had the opportunity to play at a you know, semi-elite level before. Um, it, it'll be a bit of a shock to the system, I think, playing against big clubs who have really fancy things, um, especially coming from, from AH Cap. Um, we played a practice match last Thursday and we played against Essendon and they had walkie-talkies and <laughs> a buggy carrying all their equipment and sensor cameras filming the game and just elite setups. Um, so it'll be a bit of a shock to the system for a few of the girls, um, but here we are. So... Why don't we just get right into the positives and RFIs from the weekend's games? Caddy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll start. Positives. The return of the key forward. Mm. My God, how good was it to see G-Train kicking goals, Darcy Vessier kicking goals, Aaron Phillips kicking goals. Katie Brennan. Katie Brennan kicking goals. I have been hanging for this time to just see these big names, fantastic players, just getting it done and getting goals in. I just think it's really just brings another level to the game when when those types of players are on. Agree. Agree. Mm. That was kind of in the in the zone of my of my positives. I um we've been talking a lot about young players that have impressed us so far this year, but I kind of feel like some of the old girls stepped up this week. Return of Erin Phillips. I mean, not that she's been <laughs> playing badly, but she really just took Turned the game. It on, didn't yeah, she? and um, and Cora or, or Scora as they're calling her. Yeah, four goals. <laughs> Kicked four goals, yeah. and you know she um, just the way she's kind of spoke after the after the match. She kind of she. It's almost like she felt like she owed the team. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. She, Probably ditto owe her team a few goals. Um, big expectations, but she should be delivering. So, yeah, yeah. Just, oh, isn't it just so nice to see some of those big names um, up in lights again? Yeah. Do you have some positives, Hiva? My positive was watching Brie Davey. Oh. And because it was Marvel Stadium, it just stood out that much more how impressive an athlete she is because there was so much space to work in, but she got her hands on the ball constantly and she was always at contests and she was always free and she was here and there and everywhere and I just wouldn't want to play on her. <laughs> um, just watching Collingwood, I think, they were just a big positive for me. Yeah, they're the real deal, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. That uh, triple threat they have in the midfield of Davy Lambert and... Um, Benici plus Late. plus Malloy bobbing up with goals like oh I'll, I've said it about four times and I'll say it again the best game of VFL football that I've been involved with was when I was in a rotation <laughs> on Bree Davy Chloe Malloy and Jamie Lambert <laughs> as they were having a rest to come and kick goals on us in the forward line but it was so impressive to watch and 
to see that develop even more since then. This is, you know, two two years ago. Oh my gosh. Like what that's the kind of football that we're going to continue to see and that's going to keep coming through. And they're going to be teaching the next generation. You know, Tiny Brown is excellent, but imagine under the wings of those magpies. Yeah. So good. Do you have a positive out? <clears throat> um look I kind of feel that um some of the scores did seem a bit one-sided, but w- actually watching the games, they felt closer. And, you know, some of the teams that have um, not got on the board yet, I, you know, like Richmond in particular, I just – I feel like – I feel like the competition is a lot closer than, than it looks like on paper. Um, and I'm just, I'm just really impressed by that. I'm really impressed with Richmond's improvement, even um, – I don't know who the assistant coach was, but at, at one of the breaks, I think it may have been at three-quarter time, and and he was interviewed going into the last quarter, and he was just talking about – it wasn't about winning or losing. It was just he was talking about improvement. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's a that's a really great attitude given where, where they're at. It's only their second year in the competition. Mm. And, yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm just really impressed at the growth of the competition, I think, as a whole. I think the same can be said for West Coast. I think they Mm. really turned up this week against GWS and you can see it on the scoreline, but even on the field you could see it, that they were being super, super competitive and they've got highly skilled athletes out there. It's just whether you can string together three lines of consistent footy to get it from one end to the other. And I think they have been doing better at that each and every week. So it is a sense of improvement to watch, a sense of improvement to play. And by the end of the season, in another four weeks, we're going to be seeing some really, really impressive, cohesive teams coming together. Because Richmond, I mean, that's the first time we've seen them really, really put, you know, a, a team to a test, I think. And mm. they knew that they're capable of it. So they went out and they played really hard. Yeah. I, th- I think the exciting thing, I think what we're trying to say is that actually seeing these teams... Um, you know, the Richmonds and the West Coast and the Suns as well, um, when they're able to play their style of football, it's so great to watch. It's just a question of whether they're able to, I think, at this point. But when they're given the space to or when they get that momentum running, um, really love watching their, watching them do their thing. Mm. So, yeah, like you said, that consistency will come. And I think... I hope they stick to their guns, you know, they stick to the game plays and really work with it for the next few seasons because it's exciting. Can you imagine how good they'd be if they had a 20-week season? Well, exactly. And and I think it, it, it probably goes back to the larger conversation around, you know, in, in some media circles there's been the observation that the, the league expanded too quickly and I don't think that that's necessarily the case. Like, give, you know, four rounds in and... You can see the improvement in in all of the teams, even though they're not actually winning. And you know the the inaugural teams have five pre seasons on on them, mm. or four or three. You know, so you get better as a team by playing more footy together. Yeah, and and playing. I think it's the age old. If you play someone who's at a lesser standard than you are, you you sometimes drop to that standard. Whereas they've now got the ability to play against your, your Jamie Lamberts and your Emma Carneys and your Ellie Blackburns um, and your Cara Antonios. 
and you're only going to produce good things when you when you come up against something that forces you to do that. So, yeah, I agree. I don't think I, – I am also of the opinion that I don't think they've expanded too quickly. I, I would be reluctant to expand it again in a hurry, but I think having the amount of teams on the park at the moment I think is super. Mm. Um, and, and one other positive, um, and we – Turn to each other at the pub when this happened. <laughs> but Ellie Blackburn just lifting her team. Kicking a captain's goal. When they need it. Again. Yeah. Exactly when they need her to kick a goal. Not just make a tackle. Not just, you know, do those one percenters. But literally needed her to kick a score. Mm. Out she came, kicked a 50 metre long bomb. Yeah. Unbelievable. And you just knew... I'm sorry, Libby. Love you, Lib. But you just knew as soon as <laughs> as soon as Libby Birch lost her feet, it was over. It was over. Yeah. Like you knew she was gonna she was gonna kick a goal. I think we've all agreed mm-hmm. um, that the RFI this week as a collective is once again <laughs> rehashing the. Oh, bad kicking is bad football. Bad kicking is bad football. Kick mm. it through the big sticks. Kick it through the big sticks. So, let me just hit you with some fun facts. Hit me. Carlton kicked 8-3. Richmond kicked 7-4, which is still quite good. Same number of shots on goal. Outcome, one's a winner and one's a loser. Yeah. Frio kicked 7-13. That's 20 shots on goal. 20 times 6... <laughs> 120 it's 120 they were capable of kicking 120 points wow i i just went cross-eyed <laughs> trying to work that so, up. so late drew a complete <laughs> blank whereas this is now this is a big one guys north melbourne kicked zero eight Ooh. collingwood kicked four four same shots on goal and one one by 20 points. Melbourne kicked 2-12. You had 14 shots on goal. And sure, sometimes you just have to rush it through. Whatever happens, happens, and a score is a score. But there were f- a fair few. Well, a few of them were set shots. Set shots yeah. that the opportunity was not taken. So, again, I don't know if they're doing goal kicking at training. I don't know if they're getting there early and working on it or not or if it's just in the moment and you're a bit knackered and you're fatigued and then but man like f- for the for the rest of the team as well like for forwards your job is to kick goals and it's the hardest position to play on the field for sure there's so much pressure but man that's how you win games you don't win games by stopping goals all the time you got to kick them so that's my rant thanks for coming yeah, I mean, I think I went over it last week enough, but honestly, <laughs> just kick it through the big sticks. It's quite a large space, actually. I just—it's just so much work to get the ball onto the floor, fifty, and it's just like—I mean, honestly, North Melbourne kicking zero eight—that's just not good enough, really, is it? We're talking—it's just—I know that they're playing against a red hot Pies, but. You know, still got it down there eight times. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think just with the RFIs, I think there's there's some things like you know we mentioned the goal kicking last week. Um, we've talked about umpiring a bit. I feel I feel like 
some of the games were affected by umpiring. They were maybe over umpired a little bit, and and um and we're still seeing some dangerous tackles here and there as well. Um, uh, Prisparkas uh, has been given a, w- a week. Um, we record on a Tuesday night. She's appealing it on Wednesday, so we don't know if she'll play or not. But um, yeah, kind of still seeing some of this stuff in the game. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I don't know. Um, well, it's question time now. Question time. <laughs> There's first first two questions I'm going to kind of group together. One, The first one is from our pal um, DataKid23, and they ask, does North AFLW want Prosparcus playing or not? They obviously need challenging, but there's a healthy win for the taking without her midfield pressure. So follow that up with our friend KRO87. Does Carlton's midfield stand a chance against the Ruse without the driving force of Prosparcus? I mean, no team is going to want Prosparcus playing against them. <laughs> Let's be honest. You're not going to be willing her to be there. She has been the spark, though, for Carlton so far this season, I yeah. agree. Mm. But that being said, I always, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, one absence creates one opportunity. Yeah. And perhaps that will give an opportunity for another Carlton midfielder to step up in the place. So I I don't think it's a huge concern to Carlton. Um, I definitely don't think North will be wanting her to be in the, in the game. Um but it is a good opportunity for North to try and get going again. That would be my argument, absolutely, more so on the North side, that they are really going to want to come out firing this week because of the loss that they – that's two losses on in a row and it's never happened to them before. Um, they will want some vengeance. Um, Carlton will also come out firing, I think, if she isn't playing because they know that they have to fill that gap. Um, leaves room for people like um, Grace Egan and – um, June to, to step in and step up. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think anyone wants to wish Maddie Prasparkas on anyone. Um, but I think I think actually that game will more so be North trying to get back against yep. whatever team they came up against, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What do you think? Well, I mean, look, like I said earlier, the Carlton uh, appealing – the suspension, so they obviously think that they really need her. <laughs> um, so that's, I think that probably says a lot. Yeah, if I was North, you'd probably be thinking that's a maybe that's a little win, but you wouldn't, you definitely wouldn't be getting ahead of yourself, mm-hmm. given that you've had back-to-back losses. I think you just, you just play who's in front of you. Yep. And Carlton are going to be up and about after that yep. game on Saturday, I reckon. They got really challenged and it was a bit of an arm wrestle, wasn't it? Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, if you can win ugly, that's a good thing. And, um, you know, Loins didn't play, so you'd assume that she'd probably come back in. Um, yeah, but if Prisparkas doesn't play, like you say, creates an opportunity for someone. Mm. All right, next question from at DGZW. Do you rate Janelle Cuthbertson highly? Or are you wrong? (laughs) Well, I think you can only rate someone on their current form and her current form is pretty outstanding. She's leading the league 
with intercept possessions. That's a pretty good stat as a defender. Yeah, I, I do. I do rate her highly. But you guys? <laughs> I do now. <laughs> Admittedly, I think with Frio, um, I I really noticed their defence this weekend after I watched a little clip with Daisy Pierce explain how they managed to keep Adelaide scoreless and to nullify their defence, um, of which Cuthbertson was obviously a large part. She's one of the older players as well in the system, so I'm not sure if she's actually been playing footy for ages or whether she's a cross-coder. I, I just read her bio. Right. An ex-tennis player. Tennis? In the US college oh. system. Do you know that Meg Mack is also an ex-tennis player? So am I. What is Meg it? Meg and I used to play against each other. Huh? What, what is it with intercept defenders oh. and tennis? Well, there you go. We've, we've, we've hit something here. We've hit the perfect formula. Yeah. <laughs> Meg Mack always won. But anyway. <laughs> um, no, I must admit my, when I watch Fremantle, I'm dazzled by their four midfield forwards. So I, I haven't paid the defence too much attention, but um, thank you for bringing Janelle to the forefront of our minds. We will now. I think that's another button mm. situation. <laughs> it's definitely a button <laughs> <Yeah>. situation. <laughs> Quite quickly, a favourite. <laughs> um, my co-host very well researched um, <laughs> AFLW analysts. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best. Highly engaged. <laughs> very prepared. You always. guys have been very busy getting ready for the VFL season. Yes, that's right. Very busy. I'm just living, you know. Um, <clears throat> next question. This is from Mitch Banner. Can we get an update from Hibber on how Maverick the Magpie is going? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. So Mitch is one of my friends from school. Um, bit of a plug here that he's actually Eric Banner's nephew. <laughs> really? Yes. Claim to fame. Yeah. And I learnt this the first day I met him in drama club. Oh. <laughs> and we've been bonded ever since. And Mitch is an avid women's footy fan. And we're going to the game together on Saturday. Is he also an avid magpie fan by any chance? And he loves Maverick the Magpie. Oh. He was at our practice match, actually. Um, Mitch, I've actually moved out of home again. Um, so Maverick and I aren't seeing each other as frequently as we once had. Um, I will absolutely ask Chibo, my dad, um, how Maverick's going. But we've now got beach version of Maverick down at Ocean Grove. My parents oh. have a holiday house at Ocean Grove and uh, four magpies have decided to call the front yard home. Wow. So now we've got Maverick, Maverick, Maverick and Maverick. It's a lot of Maverick. It's a whole lot of singing happening in that front yard. Um, so thanks so much. I'm really sure that's content that you all needed. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. From at Sighthound69. It's my housemate. Your housemate, Moose. That's right. Who is a staghound whippet cross. Absolutely. Clever dog. He's, He's bit, very clever. He's a bit dim, so I don't know how he managed yeah. to text you a message. <laughs> He's obviously quite gifted. He's got a posable thumb. He does have a posable thumb, although he has signed it with some paw prints. So. <laughs> 
Yes. Look. <laughs> so Moose's question is, who would be the first team to draft a dog <laughs> and what position would they play asking for a friend? First things first, Moose doesn't know how to chase a ball, so it's <laughs> definitely not you, mate. But which team – I mean, the obvious answer is the Bulldogs. I mean, it's got to be the Bulldogs, right? What about the cats? Would they draft a dog? <laughs> <laughs> it is late, Alison. And that is the wrong question to ask. I, I'm saying that the Bulldogs and I reckon a dog would be a good fullback. <laughs> you know, just patrolling that. Mm, nah. Last wing. line. For me, it's a wing. Wing? Yeah. Wing. I see, I don't think it's wing. in and under. It, you know, <laughs> go in and get it. Get out of there. <laughs> Do you know that's actually my trademark on field? Is that if I'm running back past someone, I'll just go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. We've hit delirium um, <clears throat> at Scooby Snacks. Miles, did you have a busy day at work today? <laughs> Fighting crime. VFLW starts this weekend. How will this impact AFLW, if at all? I think it'll be good for the non-selected players to get a run each yeah. week because we even saw in a couple of practice matches. So, for example, Richmond um, have paired with Port Melbourne mm-hmm. um, and a few of the girls who didn't get a run uh, in the ones got to play a match, which is great because they get to prove themselves. I don't know whether the... VFLW will affect the AFLW. I think it'll be the other way around in terms of ground availability and when we'll actually get to play against the clubs who have uh, who are paired with AFLW. Um, because, for example, like they don't know their fixture, so how are they going to yeah. know who's not playing? So, yeah. What do you think? Um, I'm interested to see how it all plays out because the whole idea behind the VFLW being brought forward is to align it with AFLW. So it can act as a reserves. Yeah. Um. There's some rules, and I've lost track of them to be honest. But there are some rules around how many AFLW players can drop back in two phased season. Um. So ten, ten per <coughs> team at but any one time. In which phase though? In phase two. Yeah. So the yeah. first phase is limited. Simply because they actually don't have. Yeah. So many I think left on their list. They'll only I have, think it's yeah. five or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what the answer is. Um. So I, I'm. I think two things from that. I'm excited to see the VFLW because I think it's going to be pretty pure, purely VFLW for the first, you know, even while the AFLW is playing, there might be the odd AFLW player dropping back. But between Mm. travel commitments and um, all of these things, I'm not sure how many will actually end up playing. But it is really, really good that they have the option to play. I agree, Hiba. But I also agree, I don't think it will impact the AFLW too much except for maybe it may have the potential to offer up an opportunity for a player to show their wares and get picked when they might not have otherwise. But, yeah, it, um, I don't know. Mm. What about you, Al? Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's all so new. I mean, we talked about this last year as a concept that it should be brought in line so that players that are missing out on selection or returning from injury can come through the VFL. Um but, yeah, I guess how does the season look in the back end of the VFL season once AFLW is finished, you know? And the, the the phase two of it as well is 
um, there's going to be some really, really weary AFLW players who will want some time off. Yeah. Um, and so when, when that transition between phase one and phase two actually happens, um, I don't know whether we'll actually see a heap of girls jump at the opportunity or whether yeah. they'll be like, I've had enough. This has been one of the most draining seasons ever considering all of the things that have happened. Um, so I wonder whether it will stay quite a pure VFL season. I know the AFLW clubs are relying on some AFLW girls to obviously come through yep. in phase two, but um, it's literally week by week at this rate. Mm. And I, I kind of feel like over time there's going to be less and less AFLW players coming back yeah. to VFL. Which is, I guess, how the AFL and the VFL work. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's good for the development of players. Like mm. it's a true second-tier competition. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's more women are getting opportunity to play, you know, semi-elite footy. Um, okay, so this isn't a question. It's more It's more a topic. Uh, this is from Super Sleuth 31. And they just say, Collingwood not travelling out of Melbourne – Five straight games in Melbourne. Can I? That's a really good topic because I was thinking about this earlier. Um, have we actually seen a real representation of these teams yet because of the COVID impact so far and the restrictions between most Melbourne teams haven't left <laughs> Melbourne yet? Yeah. But I think have, I mean, maybe there's been a few, but um, I don't like, we haven't had Frio play. Collingwood or you know what I mean like it's just I don't think that we've had the opportunity to really see yet and I think that's a really good point they're you know they're looking like I said before the hot pies on the run but um, they haven't had to deal with anything of what some of the other teams have particularly some of those interstate ones that have had those periods of lockdown um, of quarantine yeah. of being on the road like we talked about with the Giants yeah it's, I mean it's not an it's just no no matter what people think, it's not an even playing field right now. It's not. No, and I, I just read an article actually while I was waiting for your meeting to finish. <laughs> um, there, There is talk and some clubs apparently are expecting that there may be double ups mm. where they might have to mm. play a team that they've already played because of these border restrictions. So that means that, you know, Frio may – Frio West Coast for every round for the rest of the year. (laughs) But I think basically the sticking point is the WA border restrictions and that no one from Victoria can go to WA. And I think two parts to this are what on earth is the point of having a national competition if you're just going to schedule it like that? The other part of it says the AFL have got us right where they want us being able to literally schedule things as they want it. So, for example, we had one week which was literally blockbuster after blockbuster. Which I loved. Which was excellent, Mm. great for ratings. Mm. And now going forward, it's as though they can simply mould a final series if, if there are performing teams. So, for example, sending Gold Coast over to WA for two weeks Maybe it's because of the latter situation and, and where they're sitting and a bit of a sacrificial lamb kind of thing. Um, and the AFL have the ability to do that. Sure, there are government border restrictions, but if Collingwood don't have to leave Melbourne to play a season 
and they'll produce a really good final footy form. Will the AFL let that happen? I argue probably. So, uh, yeah, I think there is some biased scheduling. Yeah, it's it's not going to be – I mean, it never was going to be the fair even season anyway when no, they're not playing everybody once, but it's just – yeah, it's – um, there's going to be some teams who are sitting pretty and having a pretty cruisy run of it and others that are just doing the hard slog. Yeah. <laughs> and that's going to impact their footy. There's just no question. Yeah, look, I mean, I think the AFL don't have an easy job with, um, you know, the border restrictions and stuff. Um, I guess it's just something that we'll keep an eye on. Hopefully at some point Collingwood have to play interstate. But interesting, we did speak the other week about whether travel has affected teams or not. And mm. we decided that hasn't. it hadn't. Because no one's travelled very much. <laughs> Well, not from, out of Melbourne. No, well, yeah. apart from Melbourne. the Queensland teams, they seem to be travelling the most. And GWS. And GWS. Yeah. And our, free on West our, Coast. Argument, our argument was <laughs> that it was evening up, but we really didn't. That we, that's just not true. So, will it affect them if they travel? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Super Sleuth, that was a, that was a good, good topic. Thank it's, you for that. Um, okay, and the last question is from Mitch underscore FC. Marvel for AFLW home and away games, yay or nay? I say yay, but like probably as a player because you're not affected by conditions. It's maybe not the best ground for crowd atmosphere, but in terms of footy, I would say yay. I say yay in the way that it's able to be filmed and – it's really entertaining and, yeah, like you've got all the facilities to actually show people that it is excellent football. I think we've sometimes been, you know, left in the dark and people who've just switched it on on the TV don't get the best experience because they've turned it on. It's at Hickey Park in Brisbane, which has got one camera angle. Um, so I echo everything you just said adding on that, um, yep, being able to circulate the quality of football that's out there. I was just going to say that having women play AFLW at Marvel Stadium is a great way of seeing how far it's progressing because you take all of those elements out of the question and, and they get to play footy where the men play footy with no wind, no disturbances, no rain, the perfect deck. And I think that there's just a really good, it's good to be given the opportunities. I know Mitch is probably talking about the crowd and the mm, smaller crowd numbers in the atmosphere, but I, mm, I'm more on the side of the players in this one. I think let yep. them play. Mm. I'd be interested to know what the players think, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you might get more out of a venue like Icon Park or Vic Park where you can literally high-five someone over the fence if you wanted to. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. But mm. good, good question. Something also about Marvel is that you probably could have music really loud and it's yeah. not going to be too <laughs> offensive no, no to the spectators. Plastic, plastic bags over their speakers. No fireworks indoors oh, either. No fireworks though. Not worth it. <laughs> okay, this is uh, our next segment. Would you rather? Caddy, what have you got for us? Uh, just reflecting on our last topic of conversation. Yes. Would you rather play at Marvel Stadium with a 
crowd of 8,000 watching, or would you rather play at Icon Park with a crowd of 8,000 watching? Ooh. So as a as a spectator? Sure. <laughs> was it was it would you rather play or be at? Yeah, that's true. I did say play, but I mean none of us are playing AFLW, so perhaps <laughs> it's B. <laughs> Rub it in. <laughs> I I'm gonna go completely against what I said to Mitch's question and say I'd rather be in the crowd at Icon eight thousand people. <laughs> As a spectator, I'd rather be in a crowd at Icon. As a yeah. player, I'd rather be at Marvel with a crowd of 8,000. Yeah, I think so. Same with me. I think the opportunity to play on those kind of fields is very exciting. Mm. And would be very hard to pass up as a player. Yeah. Would you rather always play the last 10 minutes of each quarter or would you – rather always play the first 10 minutes of each quarter but that's it as soon as that 10 minute mark hits you're off first 10 minutes for me i reckon i want to be there to get things started not mop it up yeah not deal with the tired legs or tired team and at the end that being said the last 10 minutes of a game <laughs> is very hard to to pass up and i think but I think, and this is, you know, I don't know if this is, um, you know, what they say about the third quarter being the premiership quarter. And I think the first 10 minutes of the third quarter is where premierships are won and lost because if you can come out after halftime and really, like, put your, you know, get your game going or stamp, stamp your authority on the game, that's what you play for, you know. So, no, I stick with my answer. First 10 minutes for me. That's a really tricky question because the heat is on in the first 10 minutes of a quarter. But then, you know, I'm thinking about the last 10 minutes of the game and do I want to be on the pine for that? I don't know if I do. Would you rather? I think I'd rather the second 10 minutes just to be different. Can I tell you why I asked this? Why did you ask this, Hibber? Because when we played our practice match last week, I got told that I was playing the second half of each quarter because that's when the tired legs of the other team would be around and coming back first game after an injury, that that was probably a safer bet. But for a player, it, I just felt nauseous knowing that I had to sit on the sidelines for 10 minutes of each quarter. But I would rather play the last 10 minutes of each quarter because <laughs> you're fresh because you're fresh <laughs> and imagine being able to come on in the last 10 minutes of the game if it's really really tight and have an impact where you can actually run out those last 10 minutes really effectively but in saying that if you're losing by a crap load yeah, it's pretty deflating. I wouldn't mind being on the pine. <laughs> Just become a coach and you're forever stuck on the bench. No, thanks. <laughs> okay, my would you rather. Would you rather have to try and tackle Bree Davey to the ground and ping her holding the ball or be tackled by Kiara Bowers? I would 100% 
rather try and tackle tackle <laughs> Brie Daly than be hit by Turbo. <laughs> yeah. D- I mean, what's going to happen? I'm just going to fall flat on my face and be a bit embarrassed rather than <laughs> literally <laughs> have my bones <laughs> shake into the core by Bowers' tackle. I'm just imagining that scene in Home Alone when Marv like gets electrocuted and he turns into a skull with hair. <laughs> that would be me <laughs> being tackled by <laughs> Kiara Bowers. Yeah, I, I that's where I landed too with um, mm. um I'd rather try and tackle Bree. Mm. I think there's less chance of death. Yeah. <laughs> I also wouldn't really like to be tackled by Bree Davy either, to be honest. No, no, God, no. Mm-mm. No way. Mm. Um, well, that's the end of our prepared segments. <laughs> Use the term prepared very loosely. Um, but what are we looking forward to this weekend? I am quite looking forward to Indigenous Round. Good one. The jumpers look The amazing. jumpers all look absolutely amazing. And the story, I think the stories behind them are super, super important as well. Um, yeah, I love hearing about the indigenous connections in teams, and not necessarily knowing if people have indigenous connections as well. And then you know, this week is a really, really important week for those people to be able to tell their story um, of their um, family history. And oh, the jumpers just look so cool. Yeah, I love the jumpers; they're really good. Mm. I'm pleased to see the clubs taking this one seriously, and all of them doing the indigenous round jumpers. Yes, which is nice. Yes, let's um let's hope that that gets repeated next year for Pride Round. Um, which games are you looking forward to the most? I'm re- really looking forward to um, Collingwood Melbourne. Yes, and Bulldogs GWS simply because I get to go. Yay! Which is really exciting. Um, but Collingwood Melbourne, I think, will be a really really good um showcase of skill and I really hope Melbourne redeem their goal kicking and um, use Vic Park. I think lots of Melbourne and Collingwood players have played on Vic Park before so they know the ground, they know the deck, hopefully produces some really good footy. Yeah, I'm so excited to watch AFLW at Vic Park because that's where I go to walk the dog. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, it's just exciting to see Vic Park being used as, as an AFLW venue because um, it's seriously the home of footy um, up in these parts and it's just such a great community ground and it, I think the atmosphere is going to be electric. I'm also really excited to see the Crows St Kilda game. I think that St Kilda might give Crows a little run for their money if they're if they turn up. Who's yeah. playing on Phillips? Oh. Do you give that job to Tani White? Yeah. Well, you've got to play on, you know, you, you learn from the best. Yeah. Learn from playing on the best. Yeah. That's true. But just, yeah, I just think that might that might have a little bit in it, that game. Spark. Yeah. Mm. Right, you are. Um, I'm looking forward to, actually, I, I, I am really looking forward to the Giants-Doggies game because I actually just want to watch Elise Parker yeah, like person. in person. In the flesh. Yeah. The A P F C can we get T shirts made? I'll Seriously. Get a sign. I've got Actually, cardboard. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. I've got cardboard. Yeah. I'm I'm all about it. If you see us, come say hi. Yeah. What about Geelong Richmond Friday night? Is this 
Tigers. Is this the chance oh. the Tigers have to win a game? Oh I reckon it could be. I'm backing that coming Richmond off, training. Coming off their recent form, it is they will give Geelong a really hard time. And coming yep. off Geelong's recent form, Richmond are looking Richmond better looking form. Great. Yeah. Uh, Big cat versus I'm, cat. Yeah, I'm going to back Richmond in here. I think if they play how they've been playing, they will they will get the win on Friday night and that will be incredibly exciting for the club. Let's see if I eat my words next week. Yeah. Well, just before we wind up, uh, last week we launched our uh, Buy Me A Coffee page where if you want to support us and at the work that we do at The Safer Life, you can buy us a beer. And we've had a few people buy us beers. Wow. They've had people buy you beers, but... Us. Yeah. Us beers. Um <laughs> But, Thanks. yeah, so you, you can buy us a beer or you can become a yearly uh, member uh, and we've got two of those. <gasps> cool. Uh, so I would just – at one of the rewards is that we read out their names on the show. So Cassie McCannon and Lucy Higgins, thank you oh, very much for your support. Bless. We will be in touch with you soon about having a kick of the footy with us. Absolutely. Amongst other things that you get to do as a reward for be, being a member of This AFL Life. You lucky things. <laughs> uh, but if you do want to support us, just go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash This AFL Life. Uh, you can also follow us on socials at This AFL Life. Hibber, are you on Twitter? I am. What's your Twitter handle? Rhibs19. Oh, cute. Yeah. I, I'm at Alison Smirnoff. And what about you, Caddy? <laughs> I wouldn't even bother with mine. <laughs> it's been dormant for 12 years. I'll keep it that way. Thank you very much. Is your profile pic like a raccoon or something? <laughs> it's a raccoon holding a cat. A couch. A cat. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, on that note, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next week. Thanks, fam. Have a great week. Bye.